tuned in to yet another effing weird episode and we've got information that is going to make your brain fried i'm sure space in alternate realities i'm one of your hosts alex and i'm leo and i'm tristan and we've got a lot of material to cover in a very little amount of time uh again we kind of all i mean you've been listening to the show so you you kind of get how the show goes so we each we each took a little piece we're going to dive into it um, first, we're going to start with black holes because black holes, I mean, from my understanding, well, all right, I'm not going to lie, but until I read about the black holes, I had no idea about some of the stuff. But I had an idea or a theory that black holes and alternate realities, alternate like universes were going to be connected somehow. So that's where I wanted to start all of this. Um, before we get started, Tristan, Leo, do you have anything that you want to tell the audience or anything like that before we... Start this. <laughs> I'm gonna have enough form later. Let's ease our way into it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just gotta buckle in for this one. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So black holes. All right. It's a region of space where gravity is so strong that nothing, not even particles, electromagnetic radiation such as light, can escape from it. All right. So that's a very basic understanding of what a black hole is. The theory of general relativity part predicts that a sufficient compact mass can deform space and time to form a black hole. All right, so breaking that down just a little bit more um, from study.com, there are two or there are different types of black holes that are created by different processes, all right? So some were formed by a collapse of a massive star, a star bigger than our sun. If you weren't tracking that our sun is a star, well, you just learned something today, all right? So our sun is a star, uh, but something much larger than that, when it collapses in on itself or it dies, because when it dies, it kind of it, it will do that. Um, it'll turn into a black hole. That's one theory. Another one is uh, others that are thought that they have formed when the universe, the universe, <laughs> the universe, yeah, universe. <laughs> in universe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when the universe, um, first came into existence and everything like blew apart according to the big big bang theory black holes were created then too so um and then there's still other um black holes that exist at the center of all these galaxies and everything so there's a couple of different ways that black holes get formed black holes are also referenced to or named event horizon or wormholes so black holes um, wormholes, event horizon, they have a couple of different names. So as we're, as I'm talking about some of this stuff, um, if I reference any of those names, that's, it's all pretty much the same thing. All right. So when were black holes first discovered? So this is kind of interesting, uh, theory right here. Well, not theory, but this is actually what happened was that black holes were theorized before they were actually observed. So in the 18th century at Cambridge, uh, university, I believe it was, a scientist by the name of John Michel uh, developed the idea of escape velocity. So how fast something would have to move to escape the pull of gravity and calculated the speed of light, later combining these ideas to ponder what would happen if a star had escaped velocity greater than the speed of light. He called this a dark star. So 
again, a black hole. So that's kind of where black holes originated from, like how they, I, I just find that really interesting that it was first theorized before it was actually observed. And I think a lot of things in space, or not space, but in science, or geez, I can't even talk. I just think about all this space is hurting my head already, but the idea, it was first an idea before it was actually theorized. Or, one, yeah. one question. So you said they, they theorized it originally would form by reaching escape velocity um, mm -hmm. past. So the gravity became stronger than the speed of light. That's the point, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's an important point, but it's a little hard to wrap your head around because of the wording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, yeah, this is probably going to be one of those episodes where we're going to probably throw out some big big vocabulary. I wouldn't even say uh, the vocabulary. I think some of the <laughs> concepts just get a little rough. Yeah. So escape. I, and I wasn't even aware of es escape velocity until I was reading about this. So yeah, the escape velocity is just something that how fast you have to move to get to, to escape the pull of gravity. So again, light speed. Now these black holes are something where light speed cannot escape. Um, which I, I want to go into the different theories now of what mm -hmm. happens when you go into a black hole. Cause I find that really, this next part really interesting. And this, my talking points are going to lead into Tristan's and well, probably more of Tristan's talking probably points than, yeah. Yeah, than yeah. Leo's. Cause Leo, you, you went over the holographic or matrix reality and then, Tristan, you, you're going to cover the alternate or the parallel universes, correct? All the realities, man. So, yes. Yeah. So this, <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll kind of tie in at the end and everything because there's, there's quite a few theories about what happens in a black hole. Again, these are all theories because we've never gone into one. Um, so it's all speculation. Um, sorry, getting right into it. <laughs> um, I'm the, the plane flat out the very first thing. Um, I'm getting some of these from the listverse.com, but uh, one of the one of the theories is that nothing will happen to you when you go into a black hole. You'll just it'll just be normal, which I find very hard to believe. Yeah. If light cannot escape from it, then I feel like your body and everything it, it's just it's it, not nothing is going to happen, and that's just my own opinion. I would agree. There's, it's supposed to be infinite gravity. That's kind of the whole thing, or at least not measurable gravity, because the gravity is so great that since light can't escape it, we have no basis to compare it with. So that's a lot of gravity. Exactly, and which kind of leads into the next thing, or the next theory is a uh, sp <laughs> spaghetti spaghettification. Spaghettification, mom. Spaghettification. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Sorry, bad Eminem joke. Spaghettification monster. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's where the yeah, this flying spaghetti monster. So this one is very kind of it's probably what you're thinking about. So as you go through this black hole, the force applied to you compared to the comprehensiveness of your body is going to be ripped apart into shreds. So as you get closer to this black hole, the stronger the the pull and everything into it, your, your body's just going to get ripped apart. So it's, I mean, yeah, I guess you're going to hit, yeah, nothing is going to happen to you, the first theory, or spaghettification. So that's, that's those two theories right there. Uh, another one that um, 
people believe will happen to you is cloning. Now, I thought, that, thought this one. Yes, exactly. Like, I know. And this one was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, like a lot of these things and this whole topic, but cloning. So you will be dead and alive at the same time. Um, again, it's almost like the spe- spaghetti spaghettification where you're going to get ripped apart, but you're going to stay alive to where your body, oh gosh, this, I tried reading this like 10 times to like fully understand it. I might have to go back to the actual website where it, where I got this from. I'm just going to read it and then we can discuss it. Okay, so the black hole information paradox is an enigma that has eluded physicists for centuries now. It has been the trigger for endless debates and on what has actually happens once you enter a black hole. To fully understand the paradox, you're going to need help from a friend. Okay, so that your friend's name is Lucy. So Lucy decides to stay back and out and backs out at the last second and is currently watching you from afar as you enter this black hole alone. As you proceed closer, she sees you slowly get stretched until you eventually evaporate into a crisp. So almost like spaghettification. Uh, Lucy now thinks you're dead and is glad that she didn't listen to you to go in. But wait, that's not how the story ends. You actually are still alive and well. You're... um, Venturing endlessly through this black hole, what actually happens to you next doesn't concern us at this point. What is really intriguing, though, is the fact that you're still alive, even though Lucy just saw you die. So this is a black hole information paradox. This is this. It is isn't an illusion, and neither you nor Lucy have lost your minds. It's sim- It is just simply the laws of physics dictated that you both that you're both dead outside the black hole and alive within it. Uh, some physicists have theorized that there is a paradox. This isn't a paradox at all, as both realities cannot be observed at the same time. Others have nominated cloning, the other two realities of you exist, as a solution to this paradox, even though it defies quantum mechanics laws permitting to conversation of information. I get it. Okay. Okay. So, Tristan, can you please explain it then? Maybe if I listen. I don't know if I can explain it, but um, (laughs) I can, because it gets into like that observation thing and a little bit of the Schrodinger Schrodinger's cat, where since you don't know and you can't observe it, both are could theoretically be true. So you have to assume both are true. So if you're observing it from the outside, there's that idea that by measuring and observing something, that's why they specifically had Lucy out there. Um, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? Got it. <clears throat> if you don't measure it, does it happen? So by measuring it and watching it enter this infinite point, it can be a, it, yeah, it's, it gets weird because there's one theory that like the, uh, the universe is based inside of a black hole. And that's like this weird connection point between all the different realities is that infinite center point so you can assume they're alive and they're dead at the same time because it's by by measuring it in like an infinite plurality god i'm almost there god i'm almost there (laughs) that's about as close as i can get (laughs) is it because she observed you dying that you're that in this like before you enter like in this like universe or like this area you are dead but in the wormhole or black hole, you are alive. So therefore, but see, that doesn't make sense to me why they would call it the cloning because 
you're it's technically still two of you, just one of you dead and one of you alive. That that fixes the cloning paradox because right, that's the thing with like time travel. Is uh, like the paradox okay. is like, can two of you exist at once? Well, one of you's dead, one of you's alive. There's still two of you, but it kind of fixes that paradox. I guess this gets into the alternate you or the yeah alternate universes or parallel universes because if you died in this universe but you take a black hole to a different universe then technically you're alive in a different oh my gosh this is this is going to get cut wild everybody <laughs> so so you died in this universe so if there are multiple universes Oh jeez. Okay, I think you know what I. I we don't can we talk. can back off this part a little bit if you want to, because <laughs> we're gonna have plenty of time for more of this. <laughs> okay, I I think I get it. I think I understand. I'm sorry if you're listening to this as an audience member and you're confused right now. Um, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're an audience member and you can explain it better, I would I would love it because oh yeah, this is one of those ones. I feel like if it's worded perfectly, I think almost anyone could understand it. But finding the right words for some of these concepts is really hard. Maybe like it's like eating an apple. You know, like if you see the apple outside someone's mouth. It's okay, alive, and then you eat it. Nom nom nom. It's dead, but technically, it's still alive in your belly. Or was that horrible? Was that was that not good? I think it's a good start, Alex. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> right. The idea the that apple. I would propose for the black hole thing, as far as like somehow, some way, you survive. It's like. I don't know how they show in movies where you jump into hyperspace and your body gets all warped out. Maybe that's what's mm-hmm. happening to it because it's like your body isn't getting like crushed, you know, as it would if like a giant object fell on it, but it's being stretched to the molecular level. But somehow, some way, the black hole is keeping you as one piece. So that's why you don't mm-hmm. necessarily die, but you're not in the physical form that you would have on Earth because maybe the laws of physics apply just a little differently or beyond our understanding in the black hole. So that's why it's like you might be able to survive a black hole, but just won't be in the form that you're in now because your molecular structure is being stretched out like Mr. Fantastic. And and that's just the thing is like, that's what's so like hard to kind of comprehend or like not, I guess, yeah, comprehend or like understand about these black holes is that, and I'll get into the very next one that I'm going to talk about the next theory, but is, is the, all physics, I think, goes out the window when we're talking about a black hole and what goes on on the inside and like around it and everything. Because again, it's like we don't know because we've never been inside of one. Well, that just happens when you get small. Because isn't that the thing with like quantum physics and like all particles once they get to like a certain size, like they get small enough, things just stop fucking making sense. Yeah, I w- yeah, I would believe it. I would believe that. <laughs> yeah. And like. By, by nature, what a black hole is, is it's an infinite amount of gravity on an infinitely small central point. So if it's that infinitely small and infinitely dense, then of course nothing would, all laws of physics would just go out the window. Like, I wonder, I wonder if aliens know what they're all about, you know? Like, I wonder if they're like, yeah. <laughs> that I, didn't like, take long to get there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just... Because, all right, I'm, I watched a video on Reddit. Oh, it was yesterday or this morning. I can't remember. But it was – this girl was looking at the moon, and there was mm-hmm. like a – it looked like a, like you know an alien spaceship that was kind of like floating across the moon. And mm-hmm. then you, you saw it kind of like, you know, go around the moon, but then it like just shot out into space. And it's like, you know, like the little stars, like, you know, like bing or whatever. 
And it just like, it's, it's crazy to think like, are they, do they know to like, if they're going that fast in space, are they using black holes in some sort of way? Are they like, how can you go that fast in space and stay away from a black hole? Because up until what it was like a year ago, we couldn't even see black holes or we couldn't, we never observed one. We just like, again, it was just theorized or like kind of like what they look like. And then we finally took a picture of one. So I don't, I think it'd be really easy to miss a black hole. Do you ever hear like how the Milky Way and Andromeda are heading toward each other? Mm, like yeah, they're yeah. going to collision course. I, I remember I watched uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about it once where it's just like, they did the math and when they run into each other, nothing will hit each other. What? Yeah. Because things How? are spaced that far apart. We are so small and things are so spaced apart. The likelihood of you just shooting in a direction and hitting a black hole is astronomically like low. The hitting anything is astronomically low. But I just You're find more likely to hit something like in your collective solar system, like the asteroid belt. That's a real worry because it's small and condensed. But once you like start getting between solar systems and stars and God forbid galaxies, yeah. like it, the space is so vast. And that's the hardest thing to wrap your head around with space. Like it, the, there's so much distance between things. Like it's not probably going to happen. And if, you, if you're advanced enough to have that level of speed, I would assume you have some sort of mapping system for giant gravitational poles, and you could probably pretty easily avoid that. I would compare it to, like, us driving cars, though. Even okay. though we've, you know, like, even though we've made cars and we're, like, we can go fast in them and we have GPSs, we still run into shit. <laughs> yeah, because the Earth is much more <laughs> tightly, like, condensed. The point is, like, with, with Earth, like, there is so much more stuff to hit because it's so much closer to you. But if you took everything on Earth and spread it out, like, a Googleplex amount of times, you're not going to hit anything. But, okay, but that, I'm, I'm going to bring up the driving thing again. There was some kid in a parking lot, plenty of space, yet he still <laughs> hits a telephone pole or a light pole. I'm I'm saying, like, I'm sure an alien got sucked up by a black hole at least once or twice, you know? <laughs> some fucking... <laughs> kid like <laughs> i told him to stay away from that black hole <laughs> yeah he just doesn't listen man he's just a little... all right getting back into some of the theories though all right we've got on kind of a tangent but um the next one is time travel so using a black hole yes. i think this one is pretty you know well known is that black holes could be used as time travel whether you're going into the future into the past Kind of ties in with the uh, parallel universes too, but the idea behind the time travel is that if you can um, essentially not, yeah, not, not, oh my gosh, <laughs> if you can not use the rule of gravity in a black hole, theoretically, time travel is possible i'm not sure exactly again this uh, my brain's not that big so like trying to understand some of this stuff was kind of hard but i wasn't under really sure how not using gravity then time travel would be possible but uh, apparently because of the lack of gravity you could you know disrupt the the time between inside and outside the black hole and then you could you know go forward or backward so there's the time travel. Do you, do you guys know anything about that? Maybe shed some light on it. Kind of. Okay, um, go for it. So the time travel thing first comes from like 
um, if you imagine like space and time as a fabric, a web, or a, like a, sh- a quilt, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, you place something in it, gravity, mass, that's going to have gra- it's going to bend around it. Um, yeah. That's why, like, I-, I think it's that movie Interstellar, they do that, where like if you go super far away, then you come back or something, like time dilates, and that's how you can pretty easily travel to the future. And it has to do mm-hmm. with, it has a lot to do with gravity and how you bend around things. Um, but if you're in a position of infinity, which is where math starts getting weird or infinitely small, inside can become out and things start to change. Um, there's no real like actual evidence for it because backwards time travel gets so just paradoxy and so crazy. But basically the idea is if you're in a position where you throw out all the rules of physics, it is theoretically possible you could move backward. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So. That's the extent of what I know about that, but I know it, it mostly has to do with how gravity can affect you moving forward. And if you have infinite gravity, it's theoretically possible to go backward. Got it. Okay. Um, another theory was that uh, if you go inside a black hole, you can watch the history of the universe play itself out, which kind of made this one was kind of, again, for the first time, this one was very easy for me to kind of understand. So because you're traveling, almost like what Leo had said, because you're getting stretched in a way, like if you were to go into it and you're being stretched, you're getting pulled so fast that you essentially see the universe around this black hole being played out. So I thought that was a very, you know, simple one, kind of easy to understand and mm-hmm. thought it was kind of kind of interesting too. I thought it was kind of scary though. But then again, I was thinking there's multiple black holes. So is this something where it doesn't matter which black hole you get sucked into or like you go into, it's it's all the same? Um, I don't know. Hmm. So what if they're like elevators? You go in one black hole, come out the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that's a common theory that they're used as like wormhole points in the universe for travel. Well, uh, what was it? The, the movie actually, it's called Event Horizon. Um, it's a sci-fi thriller movie. If you haven't seen it, it's very good. I love it. Um, but in that movie, they talk about this spaceship that this guy builds that essentially I think creates black holes or a wormhole. And that's, that's the concept behind it is that it creates the wormhole and you want to get to point A to point B. Well, this thing just puts that essentially it's a doorway. It gets you to point A to point B faster. So that's, that's another one. And then the last theory that I'll be covering is travel to a parallel universe. So this is straight from, Again, um, theories or listverse.com where uh, physicists have theorized that once you reach a black hole's singularity, it could act as a bridge to an alternate reality or a so-called parallel universe. This is what this is exactly. So the parallel universe uh, possesses is really up to your imagination. Some theories even say that an infinite amount of alternate different U's lie in an equal infinite amount of alternate universes so essentially there's no limit to how many universes and how many use there are um i think it also said in that article that um 
it said like if you get trapped in a black hole your best bet is to try to like get out from the side and hopefully you'd end up in a parallel universe <laughs> or something and roll out of a black yeah. hole come on <laughs> like i don't know if you're getting spaghettification <laughs> i don't think that's gonna work but like who offers that advice like if you ever find yourself <laughs> in the event that you're gonna be in a black fuck you dude come on well i mean like and again that's it's so weird because it's one of these things where it's like nobody knows what's what would happen to you if you're we can't even like get reasonably close enough to one like yeah yeah i don't it's funny i you know so like one of the things that i was actually thinking about is that now that we have that picture of one I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we shit a uh, shit. <laughs> ship. <laughs> shit a black hole. Not shit. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh ship a uh, like a drone or like a rover to try to get close to it. I don't How know. Far? It's pretty far though, right? Cuz I mean, we barely got out of the solar system itself or like we're still in the what is it? The Kepler belt or the Kepler belt? Mm-hmm. Um yep. the farthest thing we've ever shot. How far away is that black hole? I mean, it's like it's got to be by Mars or Jupiter or something like that. Kind of. <laughs> it's kind of No, it's not. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's only a matter of time before we we send something over there or try to. I mean, again, like yeah, it is. It is very far away, but who knows humans be humans man we see something like that we're like let's shoot a rocket at it well they send they send rockets to like venus and like jupiter and crash them down it's like yeah well yeah you guys know they're not gonna survive on the planet but they they still send it there to get like recordings of like the atmosphere and some of those are nuts like jupiter like those ones are crazy because it's basically all liquid like it just gets yes. this super hyper dense hot cold crazy liquid shit and that's I remember watching like a it was a PBS thing or something where it broke down like what happened to the rocket as it went through each layers as they shot it into it and yeah that that's really cool. That yeah, I mean, it really is to like figure out or like see like what would happen on each single layer because like one mm. layer is like you would be hit by diamonds and the next layer is like <laughs> oh and then you're gonna be filled with helium and yeah it's I, I've seen stuff like that too it's it's pretty interesting. But that kind of wraps it up for for black holes and everything that. So it kind of ties in with what Tristan, I'm sure, is about to talk about. Um, so yeah. Well, all right. Um, what I covered was infinite universes, which I think most people are at least familiar with the concept. Um, and we've all seen the Marvel movies at this point. We're kind of familiar with just there being alternate realities and kind of moving between them, just from like a fun concept. Now, one thing to get out of the way real quick, um, it's not really taken overly seriously in conventional science, and it's not just, it's not really because all these people are like, oh, it's not possible, blah, blah, blah. The main problem with it is since by nature you can't measure it and like do experiments with it in any practical way, there's not really a lot of applications to it. So it's not really taken too seriously as a medium of science. What it is more treated seriously as is a medium for math. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah we're getting into math boys Uh-oh. oh yeah because this is super math heavy um now the, the reason being for math is because of that concept of infinity remember uh back you got you guys may remember this in high school and you guys listening might too when they started introducing imaginary numbers 
I hated those. Like, I don't. You don't remember it? I don't think I remember. I don't think I remember that. So I, the first imaginary number, is the square root of negative one. How's that imaginary number? Because you can't get a square root of a negative number. Because that's to, right. Yeah. Because a negative times a negative is a positive, and a positive Correct. times a negative is a negative. So there's no way to reach it. Um, but the fun thing about math is a bunch of nerdy guys got bored with the world and are like, well. I know it's not possible, but let's just pretend it is and then see what happens. <laughs> straight up, there's a whole, like all these branches of math and physics are based off of those concepts where people are just like, it's not possible, but fuck it, we can put it on paper. Um, mm-hmm. Infinity does a similar thing because you got to remember like if, if you take out like the idea of measuring stuff, there's infinite within infinites. So like if you take the distance between like my face and my microphone right now, if you ignore scale, there's an infinite amount of space there. But if you then measure it, you can define how far it is, but you also just said that there's an infinite amount of space within there. So there's infinities within infinities, just depending on how you label it. Um, there's a really good Vsauce video that breaks that one down. Um, I really recommend it. It's a how to count past infinity. But basically, it's about confining infinity to a parameter and then growing it from there. So the next thing with math that is important to keep in mind when we're talking about multiple universes is the concept of consciousness. And that plays into the math part, as boring as it is. The, the, the trippy thing about math is it's all just kind of made up in our head. Like we're observing stuff and we're extrapolating things from our reality, figuring out a way to measure them and quantify them, then making up our own fucking rules and then applying them to it. And that's all done in our head. That's all done because humans have this weird connection that no other animal that at least that we've observed can do. And who the fuck knows what other species of anything in that in the universe can do um, if we're able to just do these big concepts in our head. Now... Now that all that boring groundwork weird stuff is out of the way, we can kind of start talking about the different types of universes and how these concepts can kind of apply to them. Um, A level one multiple universe is what's known as an extended universe. Basically what that means is it means that... So we have our observable universe. It's called a Hubble, and they call it that because of the Hubble telescope. It's the biggest thing that we can observe, and they kind of consider it like a bubble. But if the universe was actually infinite as far as space is concerned then when you're dealing with infinity, then every probability is going to exist at the same time stretched out over infinity. Um, And even time dilations, because there'd be a whole other universe where everything is uh, half a second behind, a whole second behind. You have infinite amounts of infinites because infinity is infinite and you can compound them on top of each other. It would just be the amount of space you would have to travel to reach all of these points. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm going to stop there. Make sure how how we absorb in this. <laughs> I, I think you might have lost me just a little bit. Oh, I I got everything up to the bubble. So the, I, I almost think the bubble analogy makes it more confusing. I didn't like that okay. one as much. Um, basically, the idea is imagine that our universe has an infinite amount of space. It never ends, right? In okay. all directions, okay. just forever. Now, if that happens, since it is infinite, it's very likely that the matter within that infinity repeats itself over and over again in every infinite possible outcome because it's infinite. If it's going to keep going and it never ends, there's going to be every instance of everything. But it's all going to be happening theoretically at the same time. It's a point you can travel to in actual terms. If you got in a rocket, you'd get to that other universe eventually if you pointed in that direction. Mm-hmm. It would take, you know, 
longer than any imaginable human life, but it, it would be theoretically possible. That's okay. the important point about a level one, is it is all existing at the same time in a reachable point somewhere else. Okay. Level two. <laughs> During the Big Bang, there is a rapid expansion of the universe. A rapid expansion. I think the, the number I heard was just that the in the first, like, blink of an eye, the universe expanded more than it has in the last 13 billion years. Jeez. How's and then that? it just, it just does that's, they don't know. That's the big bang. It just, <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> a singularity exploded and there was so much energy in that just initial blink of an eye. Um, more again, like I said, than the last 13 billion years. But imagine, so if it does that, it then freezes effectively is what happened. It explodes and then freezes and then slowly expands from there. Level two universes, basically the idea is as it was exploding, bear with me here, as the universe was exploding, every possible stop point, every possible freeze creates a different level of properties and therefore a different universe. And that also exists within the level one. So the level one still exists. We still have that infinite plane of universes. But we have infinite versions of those with different physical properties based on where the freeze of the Big Bang happened. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, like, the Big Bang freezes at 0.1 seconds. That's one universe with infinite universes within it in space. The universe, um, sorry, the Big Bang freezes at 0.2 seconds. That's a different universe with infinite universes worth of space. And you can do that infinitely because, remember, there's an infinite amount of numbers between 0.1 and 0.2 like we talked about earlier. So you can infinitely compound it on itself. So, okay, just time out real quick. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> now, well, well, sorry, man. Because, like, it, because I, I, I get, I get the, like, the idea that the fact that there is the concept of infinity, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's just how, and like, because the, the multiple universe thing is still just a theory. So technically, like, none of this could be true. It's just all theorized. Because yes. almost, okay. So multiple universe theory fits mathematics well when they come up with theories. It makes more sense when they're just mm -hmm. doing long, complicated extrapolations of shit. But in the practical science, it doesn't make sense. So it, 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 it's kind of the split between those two in, in a way that you, you can't really test any of this stuff in conventional science. It can really only be tested in mathematics. Okay. Cause I was going to say like, like I just, I cannot wrap my head around the idea of like, all right, that, that freeze. And then there's infinite amount of universes and then another it's just like it just it's never ending but it's constantly going so again i think yeah the fact that it fits with mathematics and not like the practical part i think that's the hardest thing because my brain i don't think is a mathematical brain so i'm not i, I got so i think the practical side of me is just like no just don't even don't even listen to it it doesn't make sense or whatever but oh it's it's so weird to think about just like if, if there really were infinite 
universes. So yeah. the way I like to think about this is if you can think about infinity from a simple concept, like just a simple, the basic one of just like it never ends, right? But what mm-hmm. we're doing as we're going in the levels of this is we're we're adding compounding layers of infinity. So just like take the infinity symbol um, and then wrap so like, it around with parentheses and then take it to the infinityth power. That's basically so like, what we're doing. So like layers of cake. Yes, but each layer is a is another like like those things you know what I'm talking about? Oh, hold! You, you, I think you got cut off. I or my internet was weird. Say it again. I was. We, You're good. Uh, those those Russian dolls, the ones that like fit inside of each other. Yeah. So we're like we have if everything inside that Russian doll is infinity, but then there's an outer layer of infinity, and then an outer layer of infinity from there, and how all these oh. things react to each other creates all these different layers of infinity. Infinity is just the way you describe all these things because there's infinite amount of stuff that can happen within them, and once you start playing with that concept, things start blowing up really big. Yes. Okay. Okay. So well, hold on level, one second. Yep. Sure. <laughs> one, one more thing. Tristan or uh, Leo, how are you doing? Oh, I understand. I mean, it's like like what he like what he said when it comes to we're math. building to his point, dude. Like we're literally like we're on level two. What he's talking about is basically level four. So we're we're getting to the crap he's going to talk about. So it's Leo's like, like under- between zero and one, you have like he said an infinite amount of numbers. So when you go to level two, you add zero, one, and two. So in between zero and two, you have zero through one, but then you also have everything beyond one. Which is, of course, all the way up to two. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, just to recap, real quick imagine the universe is an infinite amount of space. And with that infinite amount of space, there's infinite amount of possibilities of what can happen within that. But it's all defined to certain rules of physics. Those rules of physics exist because of the point that the universe started slowing down after the Big Bang. That is why everything functions the way it does, is because of that very specific time that the Big Bang stopped, basically, and started to cool down. Now, if we imagine that at every different point it could have stopped, all of those different properties and types of physics also exist within their own infinite amount of universes. Then we bring consciousness into the factor observation like we were talking about with black holes that's what level three is based off of this is the one most people are actually familiar with but this is actually encapsulating on top of everything we're already talking about okay so that is the many worlds interpretation that is where when you observe something by measuring it you define it and create a reality that's the you decided to get up at 901 versus nine o'clock today right You still got up at nine o'clock, just not in this reality. You did in the other one. Every decision, every possible, everything throughout the flow of that arbitrary thing we call time constantly is creating off branches of separate universes within the confines of the universes we are already talking about earlier. And that's, that's like another thing that I find so weird because like the amount of people, the amount of things there are in this world and then to like say every second and every decision that we make, it now branches into a new thing in like a new universe. That's, it's it's hard to comprehend. Yep. No, oh, that's that's. that's, uh, that's <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, uh, there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, it, it is. Because, it's it's impossible to wrap your head around that. Because like, all right, so like what you were saying too, like, all right, you decide to wake up at 
901 rather than 9 o'clock. So then you created that 901, but in an alternate universe, wouldn't there be one where you woke up at 9? Yeah. And then, okay, so at the in the 9 o'clock one, you decide to eat breakfast before you take a shower, so then you create a new one. Uh, yeah, I... I so it's I get like, it. It's like playing it a video game that has multiple choices you can make throughout the game, except the choices are infinite. So like you have one playthrough, you'll choose option A every time, second playthrough, option B every time, third playthrough, option C, and then or, you know, fourth playthrough, option A, B, C, D, and then it just goes on and on. That the, so that is a great way of describing it, but it also I think both of you are missing the bigger point on it. So you're right. So imagine, <laughs> we're, we're no, missing like, the point. <laughs> but that's a that's a that's a great analogy though, Leo. So think of like a video game, right? Like that where you have infinite amount of choices. So you have infinity within that video game. But guess what? There's also an infinite amount of video games out there. There's also, you know, you could just go hang out in a room and stare at a fucking wall, or you could just exist in a reality where none of that even matters and all the math is different. <sighs> That's how it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. That's the level three one I'm not going to talk about too much. I think most people are kind of familiar with the concept. And it, it just really has to do with, like, when you observe something, it changes. So it, 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 when you're not observing, it exists in something called a super state where it has the potential to be either. And then by the f mere concept of interpreting it into reality, that affects the outcome. But that outcome also exists in the other form of the super state in a different reality. Got it. Level four. <laughs> Level four is just math. Um, I really had a hard time wrapping my head around it too much. Um, I, I watched a couple of videos explaining it, and even the guy explaining it just literally read like a, a Wikipedia article because it was just <laughs> hard. So... Mm -hmm. It, it ties mostly into what Leo's going to be talking about with kind of like matrix realities and everything's kind of a simulation, those kind of ideas. The best way I understood level four in my own, in my own way is basically like, uh, so there's one thing I heard once where they said like math was the language of the gods kind of thing, or like mm -hmm. the way math works and it's just the way it can describe the universe and just how we kind of figured it out, you know, is taken very seriously as something almost spiritual. So if you kind of approach it from that concept, let's just say, it, it feels like the very fact that math exists means that there's other types of math to measure things. So there's infinite amounts of ways that could come across. So everything we've been talking about is all proven and described in, well, not proven, but like it's been described through math. That's the only way they came up with these things and like these things could be talked about is expressed through math. Even when we're talking different properties of the universe, right? Remember I said when the universe freezes, it or it would, would stop expanding, it froze, and that created the properties of the universe? Mm -hmm. Well, we're using math to describe that, which means math would then supersede those properties, right? It overhangs over those because it's being used to describe those properties of universes that we can't even understand. Well, what's the thing describing math that we can't understand? I have no clue. And that's where those infinite amount of universes can, can then sprout off from. That's interesting. This could be completely unrelated, but it reminds me of a certain mathematical, I guess, sequence that someone came up with called the golden ratio or the Fibonacci sequence. I don't know if y'all oh, ever yeah. heard about mm -hmm. that. 
No. It's so, all over art. It's going to get your conspiracy brain like tingling. Yeah, that. So it's basically a like a ratio that they found or somehow came across that that fits like everything in the world. It measures out to everything. It's like mm-hmm. a spiral. And you can see it on leaves of plants. You can see it on the human anatomy, on certain paintings. You can see it in Snails. the world. It's yeah, naturally occurring. And it's like it's everywhere. And if you just look up It's like DNA? No, it's like a it's like a mathematical portrayal of the universe. Just look up with the golden ratio or the Fibonacci sequence. And it, it's 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 like everywhere. And again, it's like naturally occurring in the universe. It's something that people that scientists can't really explain, but that kind of ties in with what he said about like the the universe is basically a bunch of mathematical equations, and that's that's one of them is the the golden ratio, the Fibonacci sequence. But there's another universe where the Fibonacci sequence is different, <laughs> right? We just happen to be in this one. Four starts, yeah. That's where level four kind of starts. It's where the math is different. Those sequences, those things that we are always just showing up, that kind of stuff. It just the the total math is different. I feel like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm 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 looking at the golden ratio thing right now. I, I ah, uh, mm, I don't know about this. That so the practical thing with the golden ratio is is the simplest way for things to grow organically. Um, it just it. it the way it works is that one of the more efficient and just standardized ways through evolution is kind of what they think. It just, it requires the least amount of energy for the greatest output of growth. Um, that's the practical reasoning, at least from like a more biology standpoint. They don't know why it shows up like in the universe in math and just other weird shit all the time. That they have no idea. But like from a practical standpoint, like the sunflower or like um, a snail's shell grows to the Fibonacci sequence. It's just a practical way to grow. Huh. Okay. Okay. So before we move on, there are two more little things with multiple universes I kind of want to bring up. Um, one, it's more, it, it doesn't really have to do with multiple universes. It was just always a concept I found interesting and it seemed like a good place to bring it up. Um, I always thought of like, if the universe was in a bubble, right? Like there was an edge to it. Let's just pretend the universe did have a defined edge. Cause that's, yeah, that's, that's the question is like, is it infinite or does it have a defined edge? But then you always hear about that thing where the universe is expanding and it's expanding more and more rapidly, right? Mm-hmm. But if it has a defined edge, is does that mean that the universe, the edge is growing farther? Okay, say that, say it one more time. So if there's a defined edge to the universe and the universe is growing, does that mean that the bubble is getting bigger? I would assume so, yeah. Or is everything within the universe dissipating and getting smaller? Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, if you look at it like as as far as like the Big Bang, everything is pushing outward, so the bubble would be getting bigger. I mean, if you're looking at it from that perspective, then what's the edge of that bubble made of? Is it like some viscous material that expands out, or is it just like an, a field of matter that just spreads over an infinite plane? Guess one thing I didn't bring up when I talked about level one is there's also the idea that like the universe is infinite, but like this is it in it. Like it just it would infinitely expand out, but there's nothing out there. 
it's just kind of there's a certain amount of matter and then it just poofs and eventually all um, everything approaches entropy, right? Where the last light dies and just everything spreads out and all the energy from the Big Bang is finally gone. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, that's you bring up a good point because I actually saw that in a video where it described like what is happening with the universe. Is it like, is it expanding? Is it shrinking? Is it like, what is it doing? Mm-hmm. And that was that was one of them was like, yeah, is it is it getting to the point where like things are continuously expanding or is it getting to the point where it's bringing everything back to the center to do another big bang? And it's almost like this slinky effect where it's just like it's just reoccurring back. I don't know. Again, like th- it hurts my brain. I think I'm not supposed to think about this. I think when I was made, like just that part of me was just like, nope, you will never think about this. I don't know. Well, I, I got one more for you, and it might hurt right. worse. Um, <laughs> oh, great. So the big thing I want to apply to a lot of these concepts that I find interesting, um, just from like more of a just a mind experiment type thing, is we start talking about consciousness on top of this mm-hmm. and what, what the implications of that are. So if there is such a thing as consciousness, and if consciousness exists in some way just outside of our physical body or physical realm, if there's infinite infinites on top of infinites, what's, what does that mean for your consciousness in that, in that greater scheme? It kind of gets into like religion then um, and, th- and things of that nature. Like, like, like look at Buddhism and um, the reincarnation theory. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that always drives me nuts because it's just like the idea is like, well, there's more people than there were before and like the matter doesn't quite match up. You'd have to like... If it was a very literal thing where you're going to re- be reincarnated, it would almost be like your consciousness has to be split up into different parts, right? Like a part of you is a bug, part of you is um, another part of a person. And like it, it wouldn't be a fluid, straight thing. But if you're talking like infinite realities and infinite everything and time doesn't matter, um, I always thought it was an interesting concept that like what if all consciousness is one thing and it just has to be – since you're the one observing everything around you right now, your consciousness has to make its way through infinity, and that's nirvana and that's the thing of you have to experience every possible reality from every possible angle but since when you're talking you know time is just a product of observation it's not a real thing there's no Mm -hmm. reason that isn't true that's I mean, oh, I I don't even know what to say to that honestly I I don't because I'm I'm trying to (laughs) jeez um I, uh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's an interesting to think. It's interesting to think about that from from the standpoint of reincarnation, like because it, it, that's the concept behind it, right? Is that you have to live every aspect, or like you have to mm-hmm. live everything, right? You have to live until you've reached like virtuosity and like been. Bec- I don't. I don't know enough about Buddhism to fully say it all, but I know how a lot of it has to do with like detachment from the physical realm mm-hmm. and detachment from things. Um, but I mean, they don't have like a measurable thing. There's only a couple people that ever quote unquote reached nirvana before. But I mean, that's just. I- I'm talking about concepts like when you're when you when you start talking about infinite realities and where math starts to change and like everything starts to change over the scope of the entire universe and you're taking one singular stream of consciousness through all of that because um, you have infinite amount of time to do it because time doesn't mean anything. I think that's a very interesting thing to kind of think about too is like time is just a made-up thing. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and when you start talking about infinity, it means even less. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we we created as humans to like 
do stuff. I don't know. It's like knowing to farm and like, I don't know, pick up groceries and shit like that. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a very in- interesting thing, but I, I see. Let's just, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Cause my, I, I don't know how much more I can take. So Leo, let's, 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 let's he- dive deeper. Oh, gosh. All right. So I talked, I cover, I'm going to be covering the idea that we live in like a hologram kind of matrix reality mixed with a little bit of other information that I've learned that could tie into it. So in conventional science, we are taught that matter is, you know, different forms, solid gas, liquid, and that we're made of atoms and energy and all of this. But there's this idea that we're not actually solid, solid like beings, you know, like we're we're more than that, that we're either like embodiments of light or lines on a code and a computer, a very complex piece of program. And or that we're like two dimensional beings being projected on a three dimensional plane, much like a hologram. And the idea came from the 1990s where a physicist named Leonard Susskind Susskind suggested this idea that we're not necessarily living like a fully physical, I could touch this table kind of thing that we're like being projected. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. I'm touching my, I'm touching my my computer desk right now. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like our brain is responding to electromagnetical (laughs) signals. They were given by the desk, no. and your skin is interpreting in the as touch, and it's just no. Shut up, Alex. That's exactly it, though. It's like our atoms are so spaced apart, and our atoms are constantly like repelling objects. So it's like we're technically never truly touching anything. Yes, we could perceive it as being touched, and yes, we could consume things and feel it go down our. You know, we could taste it on our tongue and everything. But when you get down to it, we're not technically touching anything. Like we're technically flying. <laughs> And when you when you think about it, and the 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 better way to think about it, Alex, is like the closer you get to something, quote unquote, touching it, it forces like the atoms in your hand to vibrate a different way, and then that electricity is read by the neurons and interpreted as touch. How do you? But you're not actually touching anything. How do you explain like baseball or like a basketball, like you know, hitting the ground? How do I? I don't know. I don't <laughs> understand how baseball works. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this and like you know, the the pitcher like true throws the ball to the batter and. He hits. He hits it. the The ball makes contact with the bat, and the ball goes. No, it doesn't. Yes, it, <laughs> but it it's repelled. It's repelled by the electromagnetic force from the. It's bat, like a terrible form. But none of the atoms actually yeah, touch each other. It's like a other. terrible form of telepathy. You know, you could grab something and throw it. Yeah. But you're not actually touching it. But uh, deep in uh, diving deeper down into just beyond that, like we're essentially vibrational waves of energy. We're light, in a sense. And that's where this idea kind of stems out into like a whole wild concept because it's like to our core, we're waves of energy. So like, you know how in school you used to learn about the cosine and the whatever else and how you learn about, you know, music is just audio waves coming from the speakers and even like our voices are just waves of, of sound. Like that's what we are. We're, we're waves down to our core. Remember light can function, light can function as a particle and a wave. Exactly. So if we're light, you can function with both properties. Yep. <laughs> and so that's how, like, the way, you know, like, yeah, like our body vibrates at such a level that we perceived as solid. You know, this table that I have, this microphone that we're talking into, it vibrates in such a way that it's perceived as like a solid object. But in reality, it's just a bunch of wave particles 
you know, bounce out against each other. And no, no, I I refuse. (laughs) Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. (laughs) Okay. okay. So with this, Alex, he's not even into weird stuff. (laughs) This is going to dive into the, the, to the weirder stuff. So (laughs) understanding that we are waves of energy, that this is all just light waves and light particles. And this is why we could perceive colors, why we could perceive sound. There's this idea that what we're looking at now is what's there. But anything that's outside of our sight, which kind of stems into what you were talking about before, about being in like a certain state, but anything that's outside of our actual like visible, you know, line of sight isn't there in in, 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 the, in the conventional sense of what we can see, because it's not there for us to perceive it. It's not there for us to see it in the in the form that it is. And so the way the universe, the way the earth works is that because there's so many people looking at all these different things, we are essentially creating this this earth as we see it. So because we can see this house, because we can see this apartment, because we can see this planet, we're here. Now, hypothetically, yes, if we were to all go for somewhere to reason go blind, we could still perceive things, but that's because we also have our other senses. And that... Also, okay, okay. also help explain the whole energy thing. Like, you ever walk into like a room and get like a bad vibe, or listen to certain music and it makes you feel a certain way? Like, it's more than just your brain perceiving like the feel good chemicals. It's like you're you're picking up on the vibrations that are being sent to you, so your body reverberates that and gets that kind of that sensation from it. Like, okay, this this isn't good vibes. This isn't you know that's, <laughs> that's kind of where that stems from. It also helps, I guess, support the idea that we're just vibrational energy waves of, of energy okay all right so backing up just a little bit so the idea that we can't only what we see we can perceive so what happens like again like when we we finally got that first picture of a black hole was that because we perceived it to be there or is it because it was actually there so i would say it's kind of like a video game where you're playing through like a certain level and on that level it's being rendered so like our brains are what or even whatever computer enough like we're in a giant computer the program that we're in is 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 generating rendering this this level that we're on or in that case it's rendering the black hole that we are at that point in time perceiving but as soon as we leave that level it stopped rendering so it's just kind of there it's like a a data file that doesn't need to be rendered anymore so it's just kind of left alone to save space so as we go on with life as we go on and we you know get older our ability to perceive things begins to increase and so that's why we're able to see more and more of the world around us okay so it's almost like we're <laughs> upgrading our computer to be able to render more and more of the world that we live in and that's also kind of stemming into the idea of manifestation of like if you believe or if you put your thought into something enough and take action towards whatever you want to happen, it'll happen. And the same with even like a negative things. Like if you think about something that you don't want to happen, it'll happen because our mind is sending out that, that kind of vibrational wave into the world. And so that the world takes that and creates it for us. So that's why it's kind of believed that we're living in like a matrix because we don't necessarily have control over our reality like our minds perceive things as they are 
but they also help with sending out what we want and what we don't want and also creating that. So when, so the term, like when someone, for instance, is like, see it in your mind and then you'll be able to accomplish it, whatever it is, that's essentially what you're getting at. Yeah. That kind of like ties into the whole idea uh, because you know, again, like at the core, if we are vibrational energy, and if we want to feel good, we listen to feel good music. If we want to feel bad, we listen to feel bad music. And then the same goes for you as a person, because that's, I guess, where the idea of like unplugging from the matrix comes from. It's like when you learn to control that that vibration that you send out, you're able to achieve whatever you want to achieve. So it's like how in the Matrix movie, you know, Neo was flying, stopping bullets and everything. It's like in the normal, quote unquote, reality, you get shot with a bullet. It's going to go through. It's going to hurt all of this and that. But he was able to unplug himself so he could stop the bullets. He was able to essentially perceive the bullets to no longer be, you know, like deflect the vibrations that that, that it was given. Yes. And then there's also the thing that, that like... <laughs> We can only see on. How you doing, Alex? <laughs> you okay, bud? It's all right. It's, no, I'm gonna try to bring it back down right. to earth. I'm gonna try to bring it it's, round back down no, to earth. I just, I, I just see him in like the fetal position in his corner, <laughs> I, just crying. That's right what now. it is. I just like I, I, it, it's. I like these concepts. Don't get me wrong. Like it's very interesting to think about, but like I imagine, like if it's true, like how much. Like, how would we, how would we be able to figure out if this is true or not? Like, again, like how, like, is there any way, is there anything that we can do or is there anything that has been done or anything like experiments where like, okay, for instance, okay, you you brought up the movie. So like deja vu, that's a glitch, glitch in the matrix or there's times or like if you take paranormal, if you take paranormal stuff where like there's ghosts and everything like that, is that like a a glitch, quote unquote, in this in this universe well, or in this matrix type world? I think that's interesting that you brought up the whole paranormal thing because uh, we all know, of course, energy did come in different forms: light, heat, electricity, force, things like that. You know that a lot of times they do associate like a paranormal event or a ghost with like a cold chill. So it's possible that though whatever whatever that that entity is might be vibrating at such a such a way that it gives us that that what we perceive as like a chill, or how they use like what is it those electrical devices to communicate the EMFs or whatever they use that to like kind of communicate with the ghost they they tune into the frequency to to communicate with us or to send messages. Oh gosh! <laughs> and, Fuck! <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I was curious about something you might think about, What's Leo. Um, just on that. So I, I was kind of thinking about because um, my only problem with some of these issues or some of these concepts are they rely too heavily on like you know you influencing the world around you, um, and I think that's true to an extent. But I I think there's one core part that so i agree i think it's totally plausible as far as like the, everything functions as a wave of energy because it does and then everything being a quote-unquote matrix or holographic thing but then you ask like well what's the computer the way i kind of think of it is i think everything is a matrix or a holographic kind of reality but the computer is your brain 
So there's these things going on around you and you do have all these waves and all this stuff going on, but like your consciousness is the computer processing all this data and pumping it out as a viable experience. But there's just whole layer beyond what we're just able to interpret and understand going on around us. And we have ways of influencing that with positive and negative waves, but you can't dictate it. And that's what would tie in, I would say, to essentially being plugged in to it completely, where it's like, yeah, you can influence, but I don't think anyone can outright affect it to the degree of like, I'm going to turn my car into the color blue. Or something insane like that. Because there's certain... But I want to do that, though. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, with this reality, there's these certain, like, parameters and rules that are that we have to follow. Just like with writing lines of code, there's certain things that you just can't necessarily do. Mm-hmm. And certain things Hold that on. you can do. But isn't there, like... Oh, say, I, I want to bring this up, though. Like, meditation, though. Like, we have all these, like, these movies where it's like, all right, people are, like, shooting fire out of their hands and everything like that. And they're, like, doing all these crazy things. And it's like, okay, we can't do that. But there are like things that you can tap into, like when you meditate. Like there's, ah, I I don't know, but like I've heard stories where like, like people who meditate can go like weeks without eating and drinking, and they're completely fine. Or like they'll be in like they're they're not completely fine. Well, okay, their bodies <laughs> are probably not. About. Yeah, not I've, I've seen that too, where like a, a Buddhist monk or a monk of some sort had gone days without eating. And even mm-hmm. some people, like some of those, I guess you could say like spiritually elevated people, when they passed on, their body shrunk up and almost disappeared. Now that, mm-hmm. I would say that stems more with like maintaining a certain control over, like that really stems into the spiritual side of like going beyond the physical form and the physical needs of relying on physical energy and shifting into like the spiritual side, tapping into like the well, I guess you could say the fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional means of energy. Because that's something else that I was going to bring up. It's like, we also got to think about like how much little we could see, how much little we can hear, how much little we could feel, how much little we can actually perceive in this mm-hmm. world. So it's like, what about what's outside of that? How do those beings go about their business if there is something beyond what we could see? And just to kind of put it into simpler terms, you have the three dimensional world that we perceive as our reality. You go beyond that, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, so on and so forth. Maybe they're tapping into those higher dimensions, and that's why they don't need food. Maybe in those dimensions, they don't have to eat, you know, the food of the third dimension like we do. That could be how they do what they're able to do. They're able to, like, go past this uh, perceived reality that we live in. And that is the storyline of It, and he feeds on the fear of children. <laughs> yeah. It, Thanks it can, for that, uh, Emotions, yes. There's this idea that kind of, I guess, is a... <laughs> Speaking of children, (laughs) speaking of eating children by fear, emotion, like when you break down, uh, one of the ideas of breaking down the word emotion, it's energy in motion, which kind of ties back into what I said about, Mm, you know, what you feel you kind of put out there into the world. And I also like to think about the fact that like how you feel can also influence how you see the world. Because if you're in a good mood, you're going to notice all the good things going on, or you're going to notice that like everything looks a little brighter. If you're in a bad mood, you might notice the negative things a little more. You might see things in a in a more negative tone. Is that why everything's always blue when I look at it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, that, that that just brings up again, like how, well, like what Tristan was saying, like the brain is like the computer where it's like, 
I feel like it, it, and we still know, I'm not going to say we know little about the brain, but there's still a lot about the brain that it's like, we don't, what, we only use 10% of our brain. That is not true. Yeah. Not even a little bit true. true. But I get what you're saying. Like we don't use, we don't use the brain (laughs) to its full potential. Yeah. 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 I think that's true. Okay. Well, how much of the brain do we use? Most of it. Most of it? Why? Then why have I heard, like, why is that the thing? Like 10% of the brain is used. I think he just watched a little bit too much TV and didn't pay attention in science. <laughs> that might be it. That might be it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So don't quote me on that. We, we use more than our 10%. But again, it's just like the fact that, again, we don't use our brain to its full potential. And it's just, it's very crazy how that when, like, if you look at even like military type training where it's like you take just a normal, you know, person off the street you throw them in Navy SEAL training and they're taught to swim in freezing waters and to like block that out and just to like train your mind and your body to not care about these things. And it's like what you were saying, Leo, like if you're having a bad day, you see things bad. And that's almost what the, like some people say, like, don't dwell on the negative, try to think of the positive. And it's like, all right, as soon as you start thinking of like all the positive things that have happened in your day, it's like, oh, my, it, like things just start getting better. And you're like, what you're saying, brighter. It's just so weird, like how the brain is just a comp, such a complex thing. So, again, Tristan, what you were saying, like the brain being that computer, I think that's kind of spot on if you're thinking of it like this and this theory and everything. Oh, yeah, I agree. And just to, I guess, further cement that idea of like, like you said, you go on and take a Navy SEALs training and stuff, able to swim in like negative degree water. It's like, think about the placebo effect. I mean, there's been studies where that's mm-hmm. taking place. It's like that showcases the power of of the mind, of the brain itself, where if you're told, hey, you take this pill and it'll cure you of your illness. And then that person takes the pill and it's just like a vitamin pill or, you know, like a whatever capsule and they get better. It's like that kind of showcases like what happens if we are able to put our brain to its full potential. Like we trick ourselves into into using more of our brain, I guess you could say. Yeah, you know what I think our next topic should be? The brain. <laughs> I, yeah. I would like that. I, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah, that, that might be a topic that we have to cover and everything. But yeah, what else, what else do you have, Leo? So I guess stemming into like the whole dimensional talk, it's like we have the third dimension that we all live on. Uh, I, I think that when we when we pass on, we die. Because, you know, they say energy can't be created nor destroyed. So what happens to the energy in our body that that that, that we perceive as consciousness? What happens to that? Well, I like to think that it, it ascends into like the fourth and fifth dimension. And that's why you also have like certain uh, paranormal phenomena where people report like oh, I had received a message from like my, my grandmother. She passed away and... I walked into a room and it smelled just like her perfume or, you know, I almost saw her, you know, and I think that's like our, our, what's left of our consciousness, that energy kind of manifesting into this, into the third reality one more time to leave a message or even the not so positive side of like hauntings, you know, you get people that were murdered or that went through like tragic accidents. And so like that, that collective energy of negativity kind of just manifests into poltergeist and, and hauntings and possessions. Okay. Okay, guys, with these topics and 
everything kind of floating around. Where do we land with dreams mixed into this? Jeez. Oh, Ooh, that's <laughs> an interesting, that's a fun like one. Like in the concept of other realities, the matrix, just like how your brain runs. Everything. If you look at like, if we kind of mix both of them, kind of the stuff I was talking about and the stuff Leo was talking about, and maybe we talk a lot like the brain being the computer in, in that instance, and your brain is generating dreams and that, the concept is it's, processing everything throughout the day and putting it in a way that your brain can like emotionally handle it, I think is the big part of it. It's the, like your emotional state can be a little bit better. Um, but if your brain is generating all that, is it real in a sense? Well, here's my <laughs> two cent on, on a dream aspect. Uh, but there's an idea that I've had before that was portrayed in a movie. I'm not going to say which movie because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But the idea that like when we go to sleep, you know, like of course scientists say like, oh, that's just like you get dreams and they're like messages from your subconscious and all this other stuff. But the dreams I've had are rather vivid and they're not like abstract pieces of of art or work. You know, like these are things that could in fact happen in a different reality. And that's that's my idea on it is like when we dream, we we travel, you know, we leave our, our physical form and we travel out and sometimes we might even live or exist in other realities. And because, I mean, I've had dreams where I'm like a whole different career. I'm in a whole different city. I'm in a whole different town. And it's not like anything outrageous is happening for me to be like, oh, this is just a dream. Like, no, like it's like I'm living a regular, normal, everyday life for that moment of the dream. I, You're lucky. I don't have dreams like that. (laughs) My dreams are fucking weird all the time. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I've, I've, I've had some like got strange some, shit. Some, some nightmares and some weird ass dreams, but I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I don't know. Even my good dreams are weird, man. <laughs> I just I always get like I'm always me, but I'm transported somewhere very, very different. It, it's always that like that consciousness thing that gets me with dreams because it's like you accept the real reality around you is what ends up happening to me a lot, and then like slowly over the course of time, the absurdity starts to kick in. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize what's going on. And then there's always that pivotal choice. And I used to be super good at lucid dreaming when I was a kid, but I, I can't do it for shit now. And there's that pivotal time where you're just like, wait a minute. That draft shouldn't be there. Well, I was I was going to bring that up. Was that lucid, like the the idea or I guess the, the fact that lucid dreaming actually exists, I don't know. It is like a practicable skill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, for me, dreaming, I, I I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But the fact that we are able to control our dreams, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I it's, it's, Dreaming is just a, it's a fucking weird thing. I don't know why we do it. But I, I feel like it, it isn't like our bodies like leaving us or our consciousness leaving us. I think it's a almost like a, just a thing that our body, it's almost like sleep. Like, yes, our bodies need sleep, but why? And, and like, yeah, there's no reason for e- it. Exactly. Like, like we, <laughs> there's no reason for yeah, it. We, we put food in our body. We drink liquids. Like we, you know, like what, what is the purpose of sleeping? So I think that's, maybe that's another topic. Like, so you don't have a cover- heart attack? <laughs> I'm for real. No, like I, I think I've read somewhere where someone stayed up for like consecutive amount of days and he just either had a heart attack or his brain failed or something crazy. 11 days. Yeah. 11 days is the longest you can stay without sleep. But the thing is, they don't know why though. Cause like theoretically you're getting, what Alex is explaining is like, you're getting all your nutrients. Your body should be able to break stuff down. And why can't you just like sit down? <laughs> why do you have to shut off your brain to like 
rest and all these bad things will happen if you don't do it. Just like, into idle mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to reboot the system a little bit and enter that REM like. Or if you guys, you guys have probably all had that where like you go like maybe a couple days or even a couple weeks where you don't like get into deep sleep ever. You're maybe sleeping for two, three, four hours at a time. You're sleeping for eight hours, but you're waking up constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you function way different. Like you have to hit that deeper sleep to like, or else it's, it, I think it has a lot to do with your emotional state. Like, it, cause you just can't like react to things. Right. And maybe, maybe that's, but the, maybe that's it is like your body is, you know, like going into rest mode because it knows that if you are continuously working, your reaction time, your ability to think is not going to be good. But then again, it brings up the question, why? Because we're getting all of our... Why, yeah. Jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, think, I think we are... Go ahead, Leo. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think... Because I've heard about this before, too, where like one of the reasons they say we need sleep is to help process the events of the previous day. I kind of like how another concept or another idea that I've heard is like, if you were to live infinitely like if you were to live to become immortal basically you would go insane at some point because your brain processes so much information and it can't do nothing with it so i think with sleep on a smaller scale our brain is like going through like sorting through the files and like okay we could throw this out throw that out because you know a lot of times you wake up you can't really remember too much of the previous day you can't remember too much of the previous week year whatever so I think maybe that's like our brain's way of like hitting the recycle button and just like, yep, shredded this, shred that, throw this away, throw that away. All right, we'll keep this, keep that. And just kind of like, like was said, you know, hit the reset and reboot. And I think that like the whole sleep thing really kind of hits on the thing with like uh, Tristan, almost like what both of you were saying, like the fact that if we were to think the brain as a computer and then what you were saying, Leo, it needs time to like shred and get rid of stuff it's not going to use. It makes sense. And people say that, too. The brain is just a computer. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. There's really nothing out there that can function infinitely, you know, like in a, I guess, simple sense. Because you can't drive a car forever. Like, even if you were able to supply it with infinite amount of gas, infinite amount of power, eventually it would just kaput. You can't drive it. You can't run a computer forever. You can't run service forever. You know, you can't, you yourself can't, can't function forever. So... All right. Such a happy note to end. Yeah, on. I was gonna say. I think I think we've kind of like gotten a little bit away from. I think you know it. Not too far away. I don't know. It was kind of a rounded topic. I felt yeah. like we kind of had like more of a. It was more of a reality thing. But I like how we started in the normal and then descended into madness. Everything else happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last thoughts. What do you What do you guys have? Um. I talked mostly about infinity. Um, and I think one thing that's interesting to think about to leave you all on with this happy note is, uh, I remember that twilight zone episode where, um, it was like some gangster that ended up in, uh, it was hell at the end of it. But the whole point was he was um, hanging out at a casino. He'd always win. Everything was always good. Right. To me, like when I think about the concept of infinity, I, I think for your brain to rationalize it, it's like to rationalize something like hell. You know what I mean? Because like, uh, if if there was like an eternal punishment for every anything, I think the the main point always to remember is eternity just 
your brain isn't able to interpret that, right? Mm -hmm. So if you force your brain to interpret something that big, that is just mind that that's the mind numbing torture. Because imagine anything. I don't care how good or bad or whatever it is. If it's set at an infinite amount of time where like all those things we talked about with sleep don't happen and your consciousness just has to interpret it, you're eventually going to just completely lose your shit. And it wouldn't take long. I don't know. If I had an infinite amount of pizza, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> well, pizza doesn't count. That fights infinite waves. It's There's a whole article about it. You should you should check it out. Leo, what do you got? I'd say I know we talked about a lot, and I know I probably stressed out some people, but, you know, just live your life the best way you can, you know? Don't be afraid to take steps forward. I mean, time... As we tend to perceive it, moves forward all the all always. So, just go about your day. All right. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, hit us up on all your favorite social media pages, such as Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. That's just a list of few for the latest content, where we have the most up to date information with what's going on in the show and what you can look forward to in the future episodes. And remember, we aren't looking for normal. We want stuff that's effing weird. <laughs>